Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching and I have Autumn Brennan, our teen expert as well. Welcome, Autumn. Hello. Hey, everybody. Yes. And so we're going to cover three steps to avoid those summer meltdowns. And this is going to be related to your child or teen that is sensitive, feels big feelings, and you're rolling into summertime wondering, what are you going to do without the structure and routine of school, right? And this is true for parents who are homeschooling or sending their kids to school outside the home. Either way, we're going to cover this today. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, welcome everybody. Thank you for introducing me, Megan. I appreciate it as I'm listening to you speak. I am thinking about the beads of sweat that are running down many of the parents that we were speaking to's forehead, right, just starting to trickle down, thinking about this dilemma that they might be facing Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's not just because of the heat, right? (laughs) Depending on where you live, summer is hot already for you, or if you're just warming up uh, here, uh, it's important for us to notice what you might be concerned about. Because when your child or teen is hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, melting down, and and having daily outbursts, uh, dealing with this multiple times a day or even multiple times a week, especially for teenagers, you might see this behavior um, multiple times a week where they are shutting down and it feels like you're just you know pulling teeth trying to get them to follow through on things. Um, Obviously, those, those, those issues are challenging when school is involved, right? Many of the challenges that you might be having could be related to school refusal. For example, your kiddo's having a really tough time or your teenager's having a hard time going to school or doing their homework, etc. And so part of you might be thinking, oh, when school's over, I might have relief, but I, I might not, you know, without any routine in place. Now what? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's such a catch twenty two because everything that you just said, you know, we have um, we work with families all the time that are having all of the problems that you're talking about related to school, especially as those expectations start to increase when, as somebody moves into middle school, moves into high school, um, they're expected to approach school in a different way than they might be used to. Right, the challenges themselves are, are different. It's not. Um, just a game of, hey, let me regurgitate information. They've got to be thinking about things in a different way. Um, And they have to be using more emotion regulation skills than maybe they are Mm -hmm. used to. Um, And so everybody's holding their breath. We only have so many days until the end of school. We get to the end of school, maybe a couple of weeks pass, giving you a vacation, and then you start to notice frustration is starting to build if you're the parent. If you're the teen, frustration is starting to build <laughs> for a different reason, yeah. right? 
parent, parents are stuck sitting there thinking to themselves, well, my teen should be, should be getting up at a decent hour. They should be helping out with mm-hmm. the house. They should um, be taking care of those letters of recommendation. If you're an mm-hmm. older teen, um, maybe you're taking the summer to start to prepare those college applications. Yeah, for the or maybe, <laughs> yeah, just as simple as you were supposed to go to camp this <laughs> summer. And I'm noticing you're not out of bed. Right. It's 12 o'clock and I'm calling yeah. <laughs> from work. Yeah. What's going on here? Oh. Yeah. Exactly. And you start to feel helpless, mm-hmm. right? Because now what do I do? Mm-hmm. We took the pressure away from school, and some of these problems seem like they're continuing to follow mm-hmm. us. They're still mm-hmm. here. They're just showing up in a slightly different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. All right. And and this can feel really tricky as a parent because regardless of the age of your kid, right, if you're, if you're working full time, your kid needs to go somewhere if they are not a teenager and can't be left home alone. Um, for for multiple hours and uh, when that's the challenge and you might not feel like it's any different aside from um, just the the emotional frustration of look you know you're going to camp this is fun stuff we've got set up for you you know you've got your t-shirt your pool um, bag and and everything and and uh, and here you are telling me you don't want to go you'd rather not get out of bed and it's the same stuff but but uh, without the work involved uh, related to the school responsibilities. And so it can really leave parents pr- quite puzzled, uh, right? And, and we hear from parents all the time that summer, um, once that, that summer detox uh, occurs and everybody is, is out of the honeymoon phase, first two weeks, uh, where you're where you're breathing differently and deeper, hopefully, um, or you're fine with your kid just sleeping in because camp hadn't started and um, and and what have you. Um, then then we roll into wait a minute, you know, two weeks is a pattern if we keep this going. So we got to start shifting some things around. Uh, and so your sensitive kid who is expressing big emotions through explosive meltdowns or outbursts. Uh, starts to demonstrate this when responsibilities get put back on their plate and and uh, the routine in sleep has changed or routine in, in terms of extra time outside with friends and running around and, and playing in, in the nighttime in the neighborhood uh, and then being expected to come back at, uh, at a decent hour so that they can have enough sleep. And uh, it can be really, really difficult, frustrating for parents of sensitive uh, kids in this dynamic because you know what your kid needs, you've seen what's helped uh, or what you've been working on um, to help during those um, those big school-related meltdowns, and now you're seeing that the meltdowns are are you know keeping uh, keeping it up, uh, and so we want to focus on being able to figure out how to avoid these, how to turn this around, what you need to be focusing on um, to. To break out of this. Before we do this, I want to make sure that we're also painting a picture for teenagers, right? Um, the refusal, shutdown, isolation um, challenge that many parents of teens, preteens who are who are home by themselves with more independence uh, while you're working or perhaps managing uh, the other ch- younger children in your home, depending on, on your role, um, this can be really tricky to um, to navigate and want to give your kid a break uh, while also working on not um, you know creating patterns that you'll have to rip out um, big deep roots by the time you know August finishes. 
Right, right. And working um, working with teens for over a decade, I can um, with confidence say that, that one of the, the bigger things that comes up for teens over summer is they just experience a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. They experience a lack of energy. They experience a lack of motivation. They might experience anxiety. And well, on the one hand, they might notice, um, yeah, I really want, it's my summer break. I really want to take a break, and I don't want to have these responsibilities. On the other hand, they also have a tendency to experience a lot of sadness, depression, heaviness in the body, like that, that just fatigue, mm-hmm. um, a lot of self-criticism that comes with noticing at the end of the day or at the end of the week, I haven't really accomplished the task that, um, you know, my parents maybe wanted me to, but really I wanted mm-hmm. to. I had goals for the summer. I had hopes. Um, I, you know, maybe did want to work on some of those um, uh, letters, uh, you know, recommendation or, or work on some of those um, college applications. Or maybe I, I kind of did really want to get a job. Mm-hmm. I did want to, you know, make an, a couple extra bucks. Or I, I did want to get my license over the summer. And they, they notice that in the moment, maybe they are, um, you know, feeling appeased or they're, they're feeling okay avoiding some of the, these tasks um, by, you know, playing video games or sleeping in. But, you know, that only lasts for so mm-hmm. long before a little later in the day, I'm starting to feel ashamed of myself. I'm starting to feel like I'm worthless. I'm starting to feel hopeless because I just did it again. I'm still stuck here. And on top of that, I know mom or dad is going to come in and they're going to feel disappointed in me Mm -hmm. too. And it might be that, you know, in your parent-child household, you haven't gotten to a place or it's just, you know, not your your way of parenting at this time to be screaming and yelling. Mm -hmm. And it's also true that it doesn't necessarily take screaming and yelling. You might be there, right? You you might be, um, you know, at the end of your rope and so frustrated that the screaming and yelling comes out and, and you and your teen end up in, um, you know, a lot of conflict situations. And it might also be that you're even doing some of your own avoiding as a parent and you're just noticing, oh, you didn't get out of bed till 12. Okay. And for a highly sensitive teen, that might be enough for them to completely move into a state of just shame, right? Just to be really feeling that that experience of, I want to give up. Mm-hmm. And where does that leave them? Mm-hmm. That leaves them the next morning, still not really getting out of bed or moving towards what it is that they're looking yeah. for. Maybe they were hoping over the summer to even hang out with friends. Can't even mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. And, and this is important when we think about how the highly sensitive brain works. Highly sensitive people have extraordinary brains. And uh, when we think about all of the options that a highly sensitive child or teen might have in their mind for their fantastic, amazing summer, um, the, the experience of not being able to achieve that is a really, really deep gap. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, when, when you have, and you're highly sensitive yourself. So when you have this big picture goal of all these details and, and all these expectations and, and then when, when, um, you know, when you don't achieve it, it there's a big pit in your stomach, you know, um, ordinary just isn't good enough. Right. Right. 
Right, right. It's that experience of I know what it can look like on the other side. I can create it in detail in my mm-hmm. mind. I, you know, have gone through the the effort, the motivation to notice, um, you know, what other people's experiences are that have done like mm-hmm. things. And so, you know, they they say for every high there's a low. Well, when you're a highly sensitive person, you experience really high mm-hmm. highs. You experience emotions more intensely, mm-hmm. and that also means if you don't have the skills needed to help regulate mm-hmm. yourself, that you might go so high that when you crash down, you don't know how to get back up. When you're noticing, I, I, I don't know how to get to these goals that I'm setting for myself, or I don't know how to make this image in my head to become a reality, and I feel like I should be able to. I start to beat myself up, right? Because well, I could have done that and I didn't. But as a teenager, they don't necessarily always understand why. Why do I keep going super high and super low? Why can't I get to the middle? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what does the middle even exactly. feel like? <laughs> and this is true for sensitive kids as well, right? In, in terms of being able to observe the, the, the big picture for sensitive kids in wanting things to go the way that they want them to, having these big dreams, these beautiful, beautiful imaginations and uh, very detail-oriented imaginations uh, when things um, happen that in, in their daily life that don't play into that. You know, I had a big goal to go hang out with my friends and, and play in the neighborhood, and Mom just asked me to fold my laundry. Uh, what? <laughs> you know, explosion, right? That was not right. on my agenda today. Um, and, 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 and we know your nine-year-old isn't saying it like that. <laughs> your nine-year-old is saying laundry, blah, like, or, or nothing at all. Just complete screaming. You're the worst. I can't believe you're making me do this. No, I won't. Right. So the refusal is over laundry rather than school. And, and so this is the right. first thing that you need to be focusing on to avoid these meltdowns is, is really getting clear that the problem is not the problem. It's not the school. It's not the chores. It's not the daily expectations. Your child is stuck in these, this meltdown shutdown cycle. They are missing significant skills. And I love that we're talking about this high, low uh, dynamic that, um, that is, is really important because without the ability to 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 slow that down it's like the tower of terror if you've ever been to disney world like the 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 level of raising experience create and and dropping straight down it creates a lurching body sensation it creates a um you know depending on your tolerance for roller coasters um even the need to to throw up and and that's um not only just the full-bodied experience for a sensitive person feeling like they have um, they've, they've let themselves down or that their day is not going to go the way that they want them to. If you don't have skills to manage that frustration, disappointment, or surprise, um, then it's like a punch to the gut. Yeah. And it's going to keep happening, right? Because, you know, you think about how much energy it takes to motivate somebody into action Mm -hmm. when they, even when they, they're ready and they want something and they're experiencing a positive Mm -hmm. emotion. Um, it's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, so what ends up happening sometimes for um, the highly sensitive teen, highly sensitive child as well, is, you know, after they have found themselves in the cycle of, of noticing, hey, I have this expectation, I think I can do it, and then experiencing disappointment, experiencing frustration or failure, at, at some point, 
it's really hard to get back up and even try again because why should I? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that, there we have the, I can't, the, the Eeyore perspective, the lump on a log, um, the belief that this just isn't going to work out or might as well not even try. And, and, you know, there's always going to be another series on Netflix to binge watch, especially for a sensitive preteen or teen, uh, who, who has, is left to their own devices figuratively and literally in the summertime. Right. And even if you're not a highly sensitive parent, Mm -hmm. Even if um, you, you, know, you, you don't fall into that category, you may even start to experience your own pattern of highs and lows, um, you know, coming home mm-hmm. from work, having expectations, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. hopeful. Oh, they, you know what? They had their choice today. I'm sure they got everything done. I would love to get home and just go to the pool. I just want to go to pool, the pool with my 13-year-old. Maybe you even start to get visions in your own head of when you were 13 and in the pool, splashing, yeah. throwing a ball around, and you're like, I'm so happy to get rid of work. Maybe you've got to commute because mm-hmm. it's not we're not in a pandemic anymore, right? So people are going back to work, coming mm-hmm. home, and you get home, and none of those expectations have been no. met. And even worse, maybe your highly sensitive teen or your highly sensitive child, they're a bear. Mm-hmm. 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 they're yelling at you and you don't even know why they're yeah. yelling at you no idea whether or not they <laughs> ate any food today what time they woke, woke up right. if it was noon it was a good day right but it might have been three might have been three o'clock right. and they haven't eaten at all and uh and, and that just compounds the problem right? and, and so right. when we think about this as a parent you might want to try to solve it by um hanging uh, hanging objectives over their head if you don't do the chores then you won't get the wi-fi password period end of story Right. Um, right. And, and teens and, and kids stuck in this cycle, you have to observe that they're not doing this on purpose. They are stuck in this, this, you know, I did the Tower of Terror, but we can use the yo-yo, right? When you're dropping a yo-yo right. and you zoom it back up, there's no room for skills. There's no room for remembering skills when it happens from zero to 60, just like that. And, and it's really important for you to observe that when your child is in this automatic pattern, regardless of their age, you can't be teaching them or expecting them to hold that skill capacity together if they don't know how to slow themselves down. Right, right. And, and I mean, most of the time, especially for, for teens, um, you know, they have these expectations that they're going to operate like mm-hmm. an adult and that they're going to have a sense of awareness or a sense of insight, mm-hmm. um, you know, around what's good for them and being able to push themselves through that they may just not have developed. Mm-hmm. And so instead, they're really living in the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. They're reacting based on what it is that they're experiencing in the mm-hmm. moment. And un- unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> that might mean in the moment, uh, I really don't want to do that stuff yet. I'd rather play video games. I'd rather go hang out with Tommy. Mm-hmm. He keeps yeah. calling me. Yeah. We're going to go ride our bikes and, and hightail it out of here, right? And uh, see you later, Mom. <laughs> um, and then what, right? And, and, and this is the, the, the next pattern, right? Because if, if, if you're um, trying to be your, your child's own keeper, 
um, in these patterns. And, and I'm not saying that children should just be running amok in the summertime and, and they, they, you know, but what I'm talking about is, is you pulling your kid along just like you pull teeth and, and being regimented and art and right. argumentative or, or, you know, my way or the highway in this, in this, uh, you know, in a more traditional parenting kind of way that doesn't work for sensitive kids. You've heard me talk about this in other uh, shows, so I'm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today, but the external motivation of just expecting, you know, if you do this for me, chores, etc then I'll do this for you give access to the screen or whatever and um or the wi-fi or let you go to your friend's house and and some of that tit for tat quid pro quo um external motivation com uh, communication pattern that you're having with your your kid or your teen doesn't keep them in a place of feeling like they can because they want to it keeps them in a position where I don't get what I want unless I do what my parents tell me and that doesn't raise an autonomous and independent adult. Um, instead, it, it raises somebody who can be a task rabbit at best um, or a people-pleasing workaholic. And, and that, that experience, um, it, it keeps other people in power of your child's life. And, and, and so then when you tell your kid, you need to be doing this yourself. I want to see you initiate these changes. I want to see you initiate wanting to feel better. But then the parenting strategy and tactics you're using, excuse me, not strategy, it's not strategic, those are tactics, um, to teach them to be responsible is, you know, literally, you know, biting your nose off to spite, the, spite your face here. Um, then, you know, your child is receiving significant mixed messages. And, and this is the challenge um, that, that we need to be focusing on in terms of breaking out of the pattern. These are all symptoms of the pattern that you're dealing with here. Uh, they're not the actual problem that needs to be addressed. Right, right. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm starting to think about the resentment that starts to get bred there. Um, you know, the, the I'm doing this because I have mm -hmm. to. I'm doing this because something's being held over mm -hmm. my head. Um, you know, they're certainly on both sides. You know, that, that's where some of this anger or, or some of the conflict kind of maybe starts to develop and then just starts to fester from there because most families don't really have, you know, what you're saying, a strategy. They don't really have a plan outside of individual tactics that we're going to throw up against the wall and see if yeah. they stick, see if this works, to be able to get out right. of it. Right. So there's just repeated relationship ruptures, repeated relationship ruptures. And that's where you really get the avoidance that starts to, to, to fall in as exactly, well. Exactly. Because, you know, what's the summer for but a break, you know. And, and so kids and teens with these big behavior challenges and, and, this, and stuck in the cycle uh, really can, can create that cycle um, in their own mind, in their own relationship with you as well. Uh, right. By saying, you know, I'm done learning. Like, I don't even want to address learning emotional skills right now because right. I need a break from challenge. And um, when that's it, when it's that pervasive, we see sensitive kids and sensitive teens alike do the same thing. You know, I, I don't even want to deal with this because it's supposed to be a break for me. And you here as a parent, um, I just want to be lazy. <laughs> I just want my life to be easy and I want to be late weighed on hand and foot right like I'm here and and um you know obviously your kid might not always be 
saying that, but they might, you know, I can't handle it. Can you get me a glass of water? Um, this is too much. I'm in the middle of something. Can you do that for me? Or no, I won't do the chores, etc. And that's not only extremely frustrating as a parent, because you've been working on building this skill for your kid's whole life, you know, taking responsibility, contributing to the family, but also when they don't have the added pressure of school, then you wonder, why aren't you learning these skills now? Right. And right, right. And and so this is where it's important to understand the the, the how the highly sensitive brain works. Highly sensitive kids, highly sensitive teens alike need to learn skills through their parents. The conversation needs to still be led by you. It needs to still be not only uh, strategically directed by you, um, but also your kid needs to be hold, held accountable to to learn these these skills of managing their emotions. Um, through you and that accountability can't be you know by by holding desired things over their head in order to get it um, or um, simply by just expecting them to already have the skill and looking at it like they're willful in their choices and they're just doing it because they don't feel like it or because school is too overwhelming so as summer rolls around it must be easier for them um, and and it's really you know can put you in a tight spot as a parent um, jumping to that conclusion because uh, it can make you feel pretty helpless or powerless uh, thinking that um, now what, right? Uh, I thought that maybe we would have some time to focus on this over the summer. Right, right. And, you know, you're just kind of bringing me back to that high versus low, right? So, you know, part of what you're referring to is, um, you know, those expectations, mm -hmm. right? Those, um, I, I'm do I want to um, meet somebody else's expectations and feel frustrated and feel um, an intense negative emotion um, versus how can we teach them to create um, their own personal independent expectations that are realistic for their mm -hmm. environment, that are realistic for what's actually happening for them for the amount of time that they have um, in a, and in a way that they are going to, um, you know, pursue those expectations because they're intrinsically mm -hmm. motivated, because they, um, they want mm -hmm. to, right? Not because somebody is telling them, you have to fulfill my expectations, but because they have their own expectations. I like my room to be straightened up. It makes me feel yeah. organized and a sense of clarity mm -hmm. and energy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. Right? Like that's, that's intrinsic motivation. Yeah. <laughs> Not a screaming match over, I thought I told you to clean up your room today. You, that's the only thing that you had to do. How is it possible that you didn't get that done? No, you can't go to the pool with me, um, even though you really want yeah. them to. Right. Right. And uh, this is incredibly important to understand because as a parent, you might think, well, my kid's going to need to listen to somebody sometimes. They're going to need to follow directions from a boss. And uh, I can say specifically by running two successful companies that a good manager hires people who are intrinsically motivated. It's incredibly draining to manage people who you have to, you know, crack a whip about just to get them to do their job. You don't want your kid to show up to work like that. You don't want your kid to show up to work just to do the work to, in order to not piss their boss off, right? No boss wants to be like carrying around anger or frustration, no effective boss. I mean, the, the job you want your kid to have, right, um, wants, to, wants to lead a team where they have to be um, overseeing it. That's micromanagement. All right, we're not raising our children to, um, to, to, to choose jobs where micromanagement is uh, the only thing that keeps them uh, motivated, 
right? And so it's incredibly important for you as a parent to notice now is the time to teach your child these skills. Now is the time for your child to learn the skills to manage their emotions, to stop going from zero to 60. It has to happen through you so that they know anybody else in a position of authority or mentorship, right? That's what we want, right? Um, or leadership is there to support them but it is not there to do the work for them or to threaten them to get it done, okay? Because good companies, good effective leaders run their teams with autonomous team members. And, you know, uh, you know I'd like to say quite frequently in our team, and Autumn, you can, you can speak to that, uh, the many, the team members that I have, they have better ideas than I do, especially when we hire experts, right? Because the expectation is that you're an expert in your position in your department. And when that's the case, that means I don't have to have all the ideas. You know, the company might be named MTC, but it is not the Megan show. And um, that's incredibly important. Everyone shows up fantastically. Everyone shows up um, with a with a skill set, and everyone's autonomous and and being able to produce the work that they're expected to produce. So I don't have to run around with the chicken with my head cut off running a team, um, you know, sweeping up, making sure people did their jobs. I just expect it to be done, and I hire people who expect to do well because that's just how they live. And especially in the highly sensitive child's brain, highly sensitive uh, teen's brain. Highly sensitive kids have high expectations for themselves. And when they don't meet them, they feel like crap. And, and, and it's really, really important to understand that that is due to a skill deficit, not due to a weakness in a personality trait. And it's up to you as a parent to be learning to, how to teach your child how to do that in a way that doesn't perpetuate shame, in a playful way, in a way that, that creates uh, an understanding that this is a family dynamic issue. This is not a sensitive kid issue. Why do we work directly with parents? Because it's just what works. Right, right. So, so the, you know, parents, give me the answer to that. So parents, you can get out of the loop of micromanaging your Mm -hmm. teen, how they feel, Mm -hmm. what they do, how to produce their motivation. Mm -hmm. Right, because as Megan is saying, and being a member of the MTC team, I can honestly say part of working for a company where you you aren't micromanaged means that you get to show up yeah. happy. You get to show up noticing, I want to be yeah. here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and if there is nothing else that you know that I hear parents want, um, it is that they want their teen to be successful, and part of feeling successful is being yeah. happy. It's wanting to do what it is that mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what life's all about, right? Choosing your future, uh, choosing a specialty um, that makes you feel happy. You know, obviously. Uh, what we do here at MTC, helping parents eliminate the meltdown cycle, shutdown cycle uh, for some families in as little as eight weeks uh, means that, um, you know, it, 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 that's just one part of the puzzle. The, our greater mission is to eliminate suicidal thoughts and actions for highly sensitive kids around the world. And that's a global mission. That is a decades-long mission. Um, we better be happy at what we do in order to survive doing that. Right, and, uh, and and so your child's mission is different in life. They're brought, they're put here for a reason, um, and it is not to live miserably. It is not to just live um, to make other people happy. It is not to just live, including you as a parent. 
It is not just to live to, um, to, to, you know, to, to, to lie around and expect things to be done for them. That is not independence. That passivity is not satisfactory. It's not. It's not satisfying. It's, it's, it, it, you know, that when we think about individuals that end up in this space, you know, I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole a little bit earlier, but I can't emphasize it enough because, you know, our brain starts to play, play tricks mm-hmm. on us and starts to tell us, um, you know, as parents, they just want to be no. lazy. No, that, no that's not part miserable of being lazy. And that's not just right. because I'm type A. <laughs> Like, no, you know, people who are not type A also feel miserable after a few days of, of, of just lying around, like, you know, followers versus leaders and compared to, I should say, rather than versus, still want to feel productive members of society. Like, that is that has to be a belief that you have as a parent in raising a child, right? And so that you can't jump to the conclusion yeah. that your kid likes being lazy so much so that this is just how they're going to show up for the rest of their life. What's keeping them stuck is a skill gap. And we here at MTC teach parents how to break out of that skills gap. Teach kids, uh, teenagers, and their parents together how to break out of that skill gap. All right, how to learn the skills to feel autonomous, learn the skills to feel uh, independence, but also to know that you're independent, to know that certainly you can manage your own emotions so you can do great things in the world. Because highly sensitive children, highly sensitive teens, highly sensitive people, they are the world changers, the influencers, the creators, the not not social media influencers in that sense. Um, Highly sensitive people notice when things are wrong in society morally wrong or not you know not working in a, in a particular way when there are gaps in, in in emotional development in a society as a whole they are the glue that holds society together and that is what the personality trait is all about but an imprisoned sensitive kid who is stuck in the meltdown shutdown cycle has a belief about themselves that they just can't won't don't know how but the won't isn't because they don't want to Right, right. They're not able to access the society that they are just a vital part yes, of. Absolutely. And so as you're ready to fix this problem, be sure to book a call with us here at MTC because we know how to help parents break out of this pattern. If we can help you, uh, we'll tell you on that conversation. I don't know. We have to be able to have a conversation. Myself or, or a member of my team will speak with you for about an hour. That conversation is free. You need the clarity on where your challenges are. You need the clarity on what your particular goals are, and so do we, in order to make sure that we know what to, to do to help you and to help you break through that. So book a free breakthrough call with us, and we'll teach you exactly what you need to do and what steps you can get started with on that same conversation. Now, if it's working with us directly, we tell you exactly how to do that so that you jump in right away because you've been dealing with this long enough. Or... If this challenge has been uh, something that has been caused by something else, right? You're not a, your your kid might be sensitive, uh, but the meltdown cycle is is due to some other cause other than uh, the family dynamic concern and and the meltdown cycle that that we are specific experts about. Then we point you in that direction. You have the luxury of being able to speak with somebody who's been trained and been working in this field for over a decade. And what that allows you to do is 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 have a conversation with somebody who knows what's out there, who knows what programs are, are more effective for, for people who need them, uh, who can help you notice if, if an evidence-based therapy treatment would be more effective 
uh, for your family circumstances. And that is incredibly valuable as well. So we are happy to do that uh, because we want to be able to maintain our specialty uh, again, because that's what lights us up. That's what we're happy to do. That's, that's what we love to do. So we only focus on that. And uh, we're incredibly uh, uh, honored to have this conversation with you and we look forward to it. And uh, happy to support you if you're nervous that your teen might not show up because we know how to handle that as well. So go ahead and book the call. We'll walk you through it and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.